Good morning, everyone. This is Judith. I hope you're listening to Mad Love. What's going on? Happy Wednesday. Um, just a quick note about health. I checked in with my doctor yesterday, and he just won't say it. He will not say, good job. He is just so focused on the fact that um, I was really sick, <laughs> and now I'm not. And he cannot just be like, his whole thing is, it feels like he believes it's going to be inevitable that I'll get sick again, which I don't believe that. And so for eight years running, I, I he's been a good doctor, but I'm definitely going to go to someone else who can see me for who I am, not who I was. And I was really, really sick. And I think I've stuck with him this long just to prove him wrong. And he just is, you know, I'm, I find myself in a holding pattern with certain people in my life waiting for them to approve of me, waiting for them to say good job. And it's a trigger for me because, you know, I kind of grew up that way, kind of like not getting a ton of praise. So uh, which is ironic because my name means she will be praised. And uh, it's just weird. You know, I just didn't get a ton of accolades. My parents were born in the 30s. You know, they don't you made it home and you safe, you know. Get, do your lesson, do good in school, <laughs> you know, you know, I love you. <laughs> so as an adult, it has been a trigger for me. And I spend a lot of time trying to make people, I think, who should be impressed by me impressed. And that's dumb. It's a waste of time. They won't ever be impressed by me. So because they're they for whatever reason, they're predis- they're predisposed to not be impressed. They've made up their mind about me and decided who they thought I was, and I'm never going to be able to change that. So right in this moment, I mean, I literally just realized that, oh, this is a trigger for me about uh, five minutes before I started this podcast. So if you have triggers, know what they are so you can stop them, because now that I know what it is, I immediately don't feel that way anymore. And this whole year I've been triggered, I think. Um but I've handled it with a lot of grace and I'm not patting myself on the back really, but I am humble brag because it's hard and nobody teaches you this shit. You, I mean, it's not like you can go to school and learn how to be an emotionally intelligent human being. I mean, heaven forbid we teach that. Heaven forbid we teach things that actually help people be better people, um, especially when they're born into families that are damaged and broken, which most people's families are. Uh, it just depends on how deeply broken it is and can you overcome that you know so we need to teach uh classes of classes to people about you know the overcoming it academy you know how do you overcome these things because no one will teach you and you I guess you're just supposed to pick it up I know I got to about 20 I was about 20 when I was like what is happening my life does not feel I knew I didn't have all the gears and wires firing on all the right directions. I was in college and I felt like other people's social skills were so much further beyond mine. You know, I got to college at 17 and it just felt like people were running the hundred and I was like still lacing up my shoes. You know, people were running the hundred yard dash like, and I was, uh, where are my shoes? You know, I just emotionally was not up to par. And finally I started doing work I guess around 19 or 20. It was 1989. It was about 30 years ago. Um, 
So yeah, I was really young when I started. So when you start something, you start with beginner material. So like the stuff I'm reading now, I probably wouldn't have even be able, wouldn't have understood uh, 30 years ago. Also 30 years ago, ironically, I'm pitching to Warner Brothers right now. And, you know, it's so great because I was an intern at Warner Brothers 30 years ago. Uh, That summer, uh, I I won like this. It was really strange. Uh, A professor I had, Dr. Hall, she was really nice. I was in her communications something class. It was like communications theory or something. And I was in her class and she liked me. She took to me because I was a good student. No, no joking around once, but especially by the time I got to college, because I could take things that was that I was interested in, you know, uh, grammar school and high school, middle school, all of that grade school, because I went to K to eight. But all of it was what people wanted you to know. And then in high school, you could pick a couple of electives. But by college, you're picking your major and all the electives. So I did really well in college because I picked film and I love film. And I was in Dr. Hull's class and it was some sort of communications class. And out of nowhere, Time Warner, and Time had just bought Warner Brothers or something. I don't know. I can't remember. But Time and Warner were the same company just then. And it had just happened and they created an internship. And some somehow Howard students... Uh, it was three of us, and Howard students were picked to go intern, be the first interns for the Time, War- Time Warner uh, Media um, H- uh, HBCU or Howard University internship. I never knew what the full name was. I just knew I was going to be working for Time Warner and uh, for as an intern. So she, I don't know how people got picked, but it was some low-key shade. People were very angry because I remember I was talking to a girl, and she didn't know I was one of the people who had gotten picked. And she was like, yeah, they just picked, you know, Dr. Hull just picked her favorite students. Um, it was real shady, da-da-da, something like that. You know, I don't remember the conversation. It was 30 years ago, and I was 19. Yeah, I was young. So I was like, uh, you know, wow, really? And she, I let her go, and then I was like, you know, I'm one of them. Because <laughs> I used to drop drop bombs on people. Because uh, while I was at Howard, um, one of the students got engaged to Eddie Murphy. That was such a big deal. And uh, I was somewhere. This happened more than once. But I would be places and people would be like, and I hear she's not even all that. And, and she not even that. And then I'd be like, you know, she's one of my friends, right? <laughs> and she was then and she still is. And she's an amazing human being. So... I was like, I'm not going to let you just talk bad about my friend, especially when it's a lie. You're just hating, you know? So, uh, yeah, anyway, this girl was like, oh, she just picked her her favorite students. And I was like, okay, well, I'm one of them. And it was interesting. I think I made a lot of suggestions because uh, there was a, uh, an executive named Lisa Hook. At that time, she was the one coordinating it. And I think I'm, I've just always been one to share my opinions and I was like, you guys made it so we could come out here, and that was dope. But, you know, with taxes, you take the taxes out, and now my check is not super uh, competitive with the real estate market. <laughs> you know, it's like I stayed in like a, it was not a bad apartment. It just was a, you know, it was not luxurious by any stretch. It was nice. Um, 
I knew somebody who had a, a her brother and her nephew lived there, and it was nice that to know people in the complex. It wasn't anything snazzy, you know. L.A. is expensive, and I was like, you guys either need to make or make housing arrangements or pay us more or something, you know. You you most people who will win this internship are then we're not from L.A. I happen to have friends from L.A., so they were able to hook me up and like help me get a few things for the summer, but. Yeah, it was it was interesting. So I gave my full opinion and then I was stuck in like, I don't know what it was, international television distribution. Bahrain doesn't know if they want to show this episode of Designing Women, make a copy of the screen of the script and send it to Bahrain. So I did that. And then I got on the lot for a couple weeks because I was like, I'm sorry, Lisa, I don't mean to be a jerk, but I'm a film major. Can I get on the lot? They're making major motion pictures across, you know, up the block from where I am. I'm a film major. Can I get on the lot? So I did get on the lot for a couple weeks where they had me working as an intern where I disconnected tons of pretty important people's phone calls, I'm sure. Um, but I worked with uh, Lisa Henson, um, Tom LaSalle. Uh, uh, let's see. Who who else? Lucy Fisher. Lucy Fisher had a great book on her you know, there were no cell phones. So I couldn't capture the title of the book. But I remember I was, for some reason, I was sitting in her office and I looked at the, oh, I was probably working the phone. And she had a nice office. Um, Bill Gerber, he had a nice office too. Um, and yeah, Lorenzo de Bonaventura. Um, I know, I remember his name. I'm not sure I had to work his phones because I disconnected a lot of people. I was like, I am not a secretary. No disrespect. It's good work. My mom was a secretary for a long time. I just, I don't, I'm not good at that. (laughs) I was just like, oh, hello? And like the phone system, oh, it wasn't super complicated, but, you know, I was a kid in college and I wanted to be and still want to be who I am today, which is a screenwriter. I wasn't caring at all about answering these phones but anyway i'm pitching to warner brothers wish me all the luck in the world uh i don't believe in luck really i believe in preparation but yeah it would be awesome they said 30 years ago because it was three people from howard but it was tons of interns from around the country and uh they said once you're part of the warner family you always are you can always come home well i'm ready to come home ready for my deal with Warner Media, and they they will want me because <laughs> I got some good stuff. Uh, we're gonna make a lot of money. I'm excited about it. Anyway, um, what is the other thing? Oh, I want to make sure that all my entrepreneurs understand. Just because you're busy doesn't mean you're being effective. Don't confuse busyness with effectiveness. Just because you're having a lot of busyness around you, that doesn't make you in business. You've got to manage your time. You've got to be effective. You've got to make sure that you're working smart as well as hard. Um, it's just something I feel like I don't stress enough because uh, I know a lot of people who are going to ready to tell me that, oh, you know, I'm ready for 2020. And then their their time management skills are horrible. You know, it's like you said you were ready, but you're not really. Or people who just say things and don't follow through. You know, I'm a procrastinator. I admit it. I know it. But one thing I don't do is not do what I say I'm going to do. 
And I had to really shore that up about, it's been a process, about the last 10 years, I really just started to say what I mean and mean what I say. So I don't have to evade your questions. You know what I mean? I don't try to crush people's dreams or nothing, but, you know, just be honest and be focused and tell the truth. Like, look, don't tell somebody you're going to do something you don't plan on doing it. Oh, yeah, I'm going to uh, I'm going to send you this and, and it's going to be this and I and this is my favorite book and I'm going to send you a copy. And then you just never do it. Consciously never do it. I don't even know what's worse to just forget or to consciously be like, oh, I ain't sending that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I'm not sure which is worse, but don't be that person. You know, do what you say you're going to do. Keep your word to yourself. Even you don't believe you're going to do half the stuff you say you're going to do. That's a problem. You need to start right there. So, yeah, the moral of today's story is, you know, I'm waiting for validation from people who really don't feel like it's that they're jammed to validate me. That's a trigger for me. So I'm letting that go. I'm sharing that with you raw, like, right? That's deep emotion for me. That is something that has been a trigger for a long time in my life. And that's the level of work that I'm doing. And I hope that it encourages you, encourages you to do that for yourself so you can see why you're blocked. So you can see why you keep attracting the same person that you're unhappy with or why you don't like your job or why you, your kids don't listen to you or any of the, why you don't have enough money. Any of the stuff where you feel blocked. Um, fi- realize what your triggers are. And, and once you get a firm grasp, then you can let them go. You know what I mean? That's the important part. Then the other part is I'm I guess I'm just pitching this show. Well, I'm actually pitching my whole company, which includes this podcast. So thank you for listening. You're a big part of the success. You're a big part of the content packaging for Just Media Works. I appreciate you. This year has been phenomenal. Uh, We've experienced some growth. Uh, The ad revenue was was great. We're looking for another sponsor. Um, But just appreciate you and, and know that I do appreciate the support and the listening and the notes and the uh, comments, uh, you are appreciated. Most of you guys listen on, uh, iTunes. So thank you for the ratings. Go ahead and click those five stars, uh, subscribe, you know, just appreciate you. Thank you for that. And finally, don't confuse busyness with being in business. Come on. Some of y'all are just running around. Y'all not really working. Being busy doesn't mean you're working. So fix that. All right. Happy Wednesday. The way you want to be in the world that makes you rich as fuck.
feel good as a motherfucker. <laughs>